Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. If you will turn with me in your Bibles to Romans 1.16. This is the reason I'm standing up here today. Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I am not timid to use it. I'm not afraid to trust in it. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For it is, what is? The gospel. The gospel is the power of God, the ability of God, the power of God working miracles, working his power in us, for us, through us. It is the power of God unto salvation. So what is the gospel? 1 Corinthians 15 states the gospel is that Jesus died and he was buried and he rose again the third day. That's the third time you've heard it this morning. The gospel is that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. That's what we're after. We're after the gospel because in the gospel is the power of God. It's God working for us, through us, in us, to bring us to his salvation. Now, if you will turn with me to Acts 17, verse 11. I have been ministering, preaching the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, his actual death, his actual burial, and his, and his resurrection. Now, I want to show you about the Thessalonians. I'm going to begin in verse 10. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who cometh thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. Notice these ones from Berea. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Noble people in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scripture daily whether these things were so. You want to be noble? You want to be noble? God tells you right here how to be noble with receiving the word with all readiness of mind and searching the scriptures daily, whether these things be so. That's why I ask you to turn to these scriptures and look at them with your eyes. I'm trying to make you noble. Now, before I begin, we're going to talk today about the body of Jesus in the grave. But before I begin, I'm going to ask you like I've asked so many times before. I want you to put away every movie that you've seen. Every TV show that you've watched, every art depiction that you want to go see, every magazine and every book you've read, I want you to put them all away. We are only going to look at the Word of God. Jesus himself said that the Word of God is truth. The Word of God is truth. There are some of you that said that you've been looking for the truth your whole life. Well, it's right here. Jesus said, the word of God is truth. So we are only going to look at the word of God and we're not going to look at anything else. We're not going to look at anybody's opinion. We're not going to look at anybody's historical depiction. We are going to look at the word of God. Now, let's begin. I want us to go to Matthew 27. I'm going to begin in verse 50. We're going to look at the body of Jesus. Now, last week and the week before, I ministered about Jesus in hell. His soul and spirit went to hell. But while his soul and spirit were in hell, his body was in the grave. But there's something remarkable that happened to that dead body in the grave. And we're going to look at that. 
Matthew 27, verse 50. And Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, this is Jesus on the cross, yielded up the ghost. And as I said several weeks ago, Jesus gave up the ghost. They couldn't kill him. He, he gave up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now, look at verse 54. Now, when the centurion and they that were with him, so we've got a soldier here and people with him, then the cent, when the centurion and they that were with him, watching Jesus, that was his job. Watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly. They feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of Man. So there's something already different about this person that was crucified. He made the soldier afraid. Feared greatly. Now, let's turn to John 19. I'm going to begin in verse 30. And when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. Remember, Jesus laid down his life. The Jews therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath day, for the Sabbath day was a high day, Besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and broke the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, they saw he was dead already. They broke not his legs. They saw he was dead. Remember that. They saw he was dead. This is a dead body. Not a man sleeping. Not a man in a coma. He is dead. There is no spirit in him. But when they came to Jesus, they saw he was dead already. They broke not his bones. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true. And you know it that he say it is true that you might believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And another scripture, they shall look on him whom they pierced. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. He is dead. Jesus is dead. And Pilate gave him leave. He came therefore and took the body of Jesus. And there also came Nicodemus, first came by Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. And they took the body of Jesus, the body, wound it in linen clothes with the spices as the manner of Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new sepulcher wherein was never man yet laid. And there they laid Jesus, therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day for the sepulcher, was not at hand. It was close by. So what do we have now in the grave? We have a dead body. But we have a body that every bone is out of joint. He hasn't been healed yet. 
So every bone is out of joint. They wrapped up a body that every bone was out of joint. They wrapped up a body that had every sickness and disease on it. That's what Isaiah 53 states. Surely he has borne our diseases and carried our pains, our sorrows and griefs. That is sickness and pain. That body had every sickness on it. So what did they put in the grave? They put a person, a body that had cancer, a person that had AIDS, a person that had Ebola, a person that had tuberculosis, a person that had sexual transmitted diseases. That's what they wound up and put in the tomb. A sick, dead, broken body. His bones were out of joint. None of them were broken, but they were out of joint. That's what went in to the grave. Now, let's turn to Acts 8, and we're going to see what Peter says about this dead body. I mean, Acts 2, forgive me. Acts 2, verse 22. This is Peter speaking. And like I said last week, you think we can listen to Peter? Peter was one of Jesus' right-hand men, one of the three. Peter, James, and John did a lot with Jesus. He was with Jesus from the very beginning. He saw the, one of the first miracles that Jesus did. He was there when the man stretched out forth his hand. Jesus took him with him. Peter was there in the garden. Peter was there when Jesus was on trial. Peter was there when, they, when he was raised from the dead. You think we can trust what Peter said? Let's take a look. 22, you men of Israel. Hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. My flesh shall rest in hope. Why would the flesh rest in hope? Next verse. Because thou will not leave my soul in hell and neither will thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Jesus' body never saw corruption. If you will read down a little more, verse 31, he's seeing this for, this is David speaking of Jesus, he's seeing this before the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? In Jerusalem, the, a dead body with every sickness on it, every sickness, every disease, every mental disorder, every mental disorder was on that body. And it saw no corruption. There was no decay. That's what the word in Strong's means. No decay. That body never saw decay. You said, well, that's impossible. Jesus said the word of God is truth. Jesus said the word of God cannot be broken. It was prophesied by David in the Psalms. 
Who are you going to believe? What are you going to believe? Are you going to believe that the word is truth? Or are you going to believe some scientist? Let's go to the one that created the world and let's believe him. How could a body lay in the grave for three days with all that sickness on it, all that disease, all those mental orders, never see decay? You know what? There's kind of a hint right here. Let's go back to verse 26. It says, Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh, my dead body, shall rest in hope. Rest in hope. Go with me to John 10, verse 17. This is Jesus speaking and he's talking about his death, burial, and resurrection. He said, therefore does my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me. No man taketh it from me. He laid it down. But I lay it down to myself. Look at this next, these next sentence. I have power to lay it down. And I have power to to raise it up or to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Look at the commandment Jesus had. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I of my Father. My flesh shall rest in hope. Turn with me to Hebrews 11.1. What is this rest in hope? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Look at that again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, of things hoped for. What did Jesus have? He had a commandment to lay down his life, and he had a commandment to raise it again. And his flesh rested in hope, in faith. His flesh rested in faith. Whose faith? I want to show you a verse that God showed me a couple days ago that absolutely made me jump up and down for joy. Turn with me to Matthew 26. Or Matthew 26, yes. I'm going to begin in verse 30. This is Jesus. He just finished the Last Supper with his disciples. He knows that now he is on the way to the cross. They are on their way to the garden. Jesus is knowing. Remember, Jesus didn't want to go to the cross, but he was headed to the garden, and he was going to pray through that resurrection, that death, burial, and resurrection. Right now, he's heavy, but look what he says. He says, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And then Jesus said unto him, all his disciples, all of you, all of you shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. He's looking at the cross. And what does he say? But after I'm risen again, I'll go before you into Galilee. Look at what he says. But after I'm risen from the dead, I'll meet you in Galilee. I'll meet you in Galilee. Do you hear what Jesus is saying? He's saying, I know I'm coming out of the grave. I know I'm coming out. 
He's not just thinking. He knows he's coming out. And what's he say? I'll meet you in Galilee. He is looking at his death. And he's looking at the death of the crucifixion. What does Jesus say? He said, uh, what do they say about Jesus in Hebrews? He said, for the joy that was set before him, the joy set before him, he said, I will not look at the, at the death, but I will look at the joy, the joy that's set before him. He will endure the cross. And then what's he say? I'll meet you in Galilee. Do you see why that flesh rested in hope? Because of the faith of Jesus. He knew he was coming out. And you know what? That spirit is in you. If you are born again, that spirit is in you. It's in you. If you are not born again, Jesus said you must be born again. He said those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved shall be born again, shall be delivered, shall be healed, shall be made whole, shall be given prosperity. We need to call on that name. We need to walk in this gospel so that the spirit that came out of the grave comes into us and leads us through these last days. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She'd love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.